Hi, welcome to another edition of the Glint Standard. And you guys, we are talking about nonprofits, which we here at Glint hold dear to our hearts. So stay with us for the next 15 minutes. Welcome to the Glint Standard, an advertising podcast that provides unexpected insights on culture, clients, and careers. Hi, Erina. <laughs> I love when we get to do this together. I know, it's fun. Yeah. Okay, so in addition to your just awesomeness at digital strategy, you are a nonprofit person all yeah. the way. Yes. Can you tell the audience why? Why did you start loving nonprofits and, and knowing that it was your fit? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think there were a few things. When it comes to nonprofits, um, the first is is the reality that nonprofits do give back. Mm-hmm. If it's a nonprofit that is um, actually working for the betterment of people or mm-hmm. the world or the environment um, or even just children, like that is an incredible thing to be a part of. And the realization that there are so many nonprofits um, that need help with marketing yes. that because their mission is so focused on what they're doing and that's where their passion is not on the marketing side um i started to see the need for marketing within nonprofits so that they could get their name out there and so i started looking at um how can i help nonprofits do this and what are the resources that they need to be effective um, to accomplish their goal and their missions because it really kind of goes hand in hand yeah exactly they they need the income coming in so then therefore they need the marketing and promotional help so that they can do more things that are on point with their nonprofit yes yeah Um, and I think the other thing I saw with with nonprofits is there were a lot of um, they would reach out to marketing agencies and it just wasn't affordable Mm. it and there is this fine line between making sure that like as an advertising agency we are definitely being smart with what we charge and with because our services are valuable Mm -hmm. but also not overcharging and making sure that we're being fair to our client and there is that that balance and a lot of marketing agencies don't walk that that's so yeah that's interesting what I love about Glint is that we offer a discount. Yes. And then we're very smart in our pricing, especially when it has to do with nonprofits. Yeah. And particularly those that are starting off mm-hmm. and that just need some sort of launch. And so exactly. that makes what we do yeah. really fun. Yeah. You know. And we it's not just those things, it's also the the personable approach that I think that we have with nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just some junior marketing person from a large marketing firm, you know, yeah. on the account. It's us. Mm-hmm. And and we have that experience. I have that experience. You have that experience. Yeah. And um, ultimately, I think what it comes back to is that being a servant leader and choosing to serve people. Being a servant leader. Exactly. It comes through in all phases of our lives. It yeah. is something that I always go back to. Exactly. So that's, I think that's where that, that passion for nonprofits came from. Mm. And then it just slowly developed over time. And so at this point now, Erin, I've worked with countless nonprofits um, spanning human trafficking rescue wow. to um, uh, acting, um, theater, performing arts studios mm. to, you know... Um, 
uh, Keith House, yes, you know, um, which is opening in Fort Worth. And so just so many of these bits and pieces of nonprofits, and they're all in these different areas, but yeah. they're all nonprofits. Yes. And so you know that the, it's It's a good true. mission. It's yeah. good. Okay. So if you could tell our audience about digital marketing strategies for nonprofits, maybe at every level. Okay. Um, Tell them three things that they need to really be in tune with. Okay. Um, From your point of view. Yeah. So when it comes to nonprofits, the three things that I see that usually have the most impact on a digital level when it comes to marketing, Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be their social media. Um, That's true. So with that one, um, and just I'll break down each point kind of as we go. So Okay. With social media, what I'm seeing is nonprofits post inconsistently, um, and the content is low quality. Hmm. So, and then a lot of it also isn't actually authentic. They're trying to pull stock images rather than what they're doing. Exactly. Right. So it really is about authentic, genuine content that is posted regularly. So it shouldn't be an afterthought. Exactly. It needs to be planned and prepared. And it needs to be um, done with what I recommend is a planning calendar um, at minimum one one month in advance. But really, if you can build it two or three months ahead of time and really give your team time to prepare and build that content out, you're in a much better position because you can schedule it. And then you don't have to worry about it. You can just engage with that as and it goes live. And let it run. Yeah. So that's the way to have it run effectively. Truly. Exactly. Um, I will say with that, especially when it's scheduled, as nonprofits, I think more than any other organization, although it's important for every organization, if you schedule content, you have to be aware of current events that are happening. Yes. Yes. You have to be aware of the news, what's happening, because you have to know if you need to stop your social media for any reason mm-hmm. because of um, wars yeah. that are taking place or, um, you know, any any large scale thing that could mm-hmm. could really warrant what what we call like going dark on social media for a day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just being aware of those current events. What? Which is watching the Today Show every morning. <laughs> Kind does of feel like count? it probably is. I mean, no, I mean, I but I also love- it does feed into like Today Show has current events yeah, too, right? Yeah. So even if you build your social media, I don't know, three months in advance, you can still do go back and current posts about Taylor and Travis, yeah. you know, because that's well, that's what's important, <laughs> right? Right now it is. Yeah. Um. So what's so, so social media? Social media. That's and just not putting it off to the side yes. and then doing it rush rush, but really. Sticking to it and having a plan of action. Yeah. And the second thing. Okay. So the second thing is going to be Google advertising, Um, (laughs) which I, you have some goodies on this. I do. This is so fun. And, and, um, this is probably my favorite thing to tell nonprofits about because a vast majority of them aren't aware. When we say Google advertising, Mm -hmm. they immediately start seeing dollar signs in their eyes. Mm -hmm. And there is this, we don't have money to spend on Google ads. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. You don't have to. (laughs) This is probably the best takeaway of this session. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you don't know, Google Advertising, Google provides a grant to nonprofits. You have to be a registered nonprofit. You have to have a determination letter from the IRS. Yep. Um, but if you are a nonprofit, Google will give you $120,000 annually to run ads on their platform. $10,000 a month. 
Um, and which, this is <laughs> which for marketers for businesses huh. for profit, we would wish that, that we much had money. access to that much media. Yeah, exactly. That media spend is just um, phenomenal, and and um, it's, it's yeah. It's just, it's a really cool tool that Google has provided nonprofits and ad spend. Um, so basically what that means is there's a whole process in getting it set up, which I don't know, shameless plug, Glint would love to help you do we that. We would love it. <laughs> but, you know, it's, you have to set it up, you have to get the ads going, and then you have to maintain them. I think, Lindsay, that is the biggest part of it. Yeah. It's the monitoring and maintaining. Correct. Um, share, like, just a couple of things that have to be in line sure with google advertising so um a lot of things with the the google grant in general um you have to have your ads run a very specific way in order to maintain that grant mm -hmm. so things like making sure that um you're not um your conversion action isn't set to clicks but it's actually set to conversions, conversions. you know what I, you want max conversions versus just clicks on an ad mm -hmm. things like that there are bits and pieces that are required for that ad setup yeah. that make it tedious um, and those things change and so if you're not in tune with what's happening um, it's very easy to fall out of line mm -hmm. with those Google grant policies so things like working links to your website. Um, we had this happen with a client recently where uh, the website link changed. Oh, the, yeah. The URL changed. I remember. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But what's great about it is because we were watching the ads, we monitor them daily, mm -hmm. we got the notification that the URL had changed and we, we had this moment of, oh, yep, we gotta go update that. And yeah. so it kept us in line with that policy yeah. rather than falling out of line with it. And so, so it, yeah, it's kind of like a free money. Sometimes it's a free money. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there is work know, that goes with it, but you, to me, you get more from having it. Than yes. Not. Well, and Google's big thing is they want people to be able to use those ads to get donations, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. Um, but the other side of that is really just brand recognition. Yeah getting your name so out important. there, building your, building your SEO, your credibility, visibility, all of those things can happen if you are running with your Google grant. That is, that is so cool. Okay. Third thing. So we talked about social. Yep. We talked about <clears throat> the Google grant and now let's talk about SEO. Yeah. SEO and website. So the last, the last thing that I, I see as being really, really important mm -hmm. is good SEO mm -hmm. because you could be networking all of the events possible and out there shaking hands and you can tell them what your website is and then they can't find it. Yes. Right. Oh if you're, gosh. if you're not on the first page of Google, you're not on Google. Like that's really unfortunately where it lands because no one searches past page one. No. So it's about building your SEO and making sure that you're searchable and you're you're easily found yeah. um and so a lot of that comes with making sure your website is in line making sure mm -hmm. that you're following um google policies yeah. um not doing hidden text making sure you have a privacy policy making sure you have a donor policy those have to be linked Let in the footer legit, exactly you know, yeah. oh my goodness that's very important yeah. you want people to get to your site and also see your site so, Correct. And I think a lot of nonprofits don't, they, you know, they stop at a website. Exactly. You know, and that is great. That's a good first step. It's I mean, a good place to be. Yeah. 
but then you have to go a little bit further mm-hmm. to ensure that people get to your site. Exactly. So, and a big part of that is SEO. And I, I'm going to use some jargon. Okay. So I'm sorry. That's okay. But it's things like external and internal links. We commonly call it backlinking, mm-hmm. right, in the, in the digital world. And um, it's things like making sure that... Um, your website is updated regularly. If you haven't updated your website in two years, there's a problem. There's a problem. Um, because Google will, they send out what's called bots. They, you know, they crawl the website and they do it frequently. And so if nothing changes, they start to think that your website isn't relevant Mm. because you're not actively working on it. You're Mm. not actively doing things with it. I think the bottom line to all of this really is that, and for any business, uh, for-profit, non-profit, is that you need to include marketing yes, in your business so operations. It, it's, it's too much to remember to just do it ni- right. willy-nilly. Exactly. You know, but you really need to be devoted to it because that's how people know who you are. Uh-huh. That's how they get to you. That's how they donate. Yep. Um, and, yeah, it's so important. It should not be a side thing. Exactly. And I know marketers have been screaming this for <laughs> For years. Years. But we are now in the digital age. Yeah. And no longer can it, is marketing a billboard or something that just. Right. You you really have to pay attention. That is, I mean, that's the begging. (laughs) If you, if you have a nonprofit out there and you have not put together a plan for your marketing, we would love to help you do that. Mm -hmm. Because I think Lindsay and I both really like watching them grow mm-hmm. and, and this might be because of our sims a little love, bit slightly where we like to see you know and then we like <laughs> to see it you know that sort of thing i think that, that i think that that's why probably right. but okay but those are great so social website seo mm-hmm. and google grant yes. so important okay what are you excited about lately Ooh, with your work question. with nonprofits? Okay. What are you excited? Um, okay, so the first one, the absolute first one that's on my list is an organization called DonorBox. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I have been talking about this for weeks to air She now. has. Four <laughs> weeks. Um, so one of the issues that I, I've noticed in the nonprofit space mm-hmm. is that any kind of donation platform mm-hmm. costs money. Yeah. And not only does it cost money... But it's usually an arm and a leg and then your firstborn child expensive. And so as a nonprofit who's already like a lot of nonprofits pinch pennies and they want to make sure that their budget is really tightened up Mm -hmm. and buttoned up Mm -hmm. um, to have to spend um, $10,000 a year on a donation platform. That's just not. It's just absurd. Um, And then on top of that, you have you have to increase that if you want to add on things like connecting to Salesforce Mm -hmm. or, you know, any kind of CRM or so all of a sudden these big ticket items have added up just so that you can get donations, but not donor box. (laughs) Are y'all listening? Are y'all listening? She's about to give the biggest secret, but I guess it's not a secret. Well, it, it really shouldn't be, but donor box is, um, a way that nonprofits can collect donations for free. Yeah. And then any service fees incurred, you can request that the donor cover those fees and the donor has the option to cover them or not. Mm. But you don't, there's not a monthly subscription charge or anything. You can have a free plan yeah. with donor box. And so and still function and still function. And then the only fees would be taken out of those donations if someone doesn't cover it. Wow. And so at the end of the day, it's, it's a really good tool. But on top of that, Erin, 
<laughs> on top of that, um, even just playing around with the building of those donation pages, mm-hmm. it's easy. They look good they automatically. Look like you're yeah. on it. Um, it's it's almost as simple as like Squarespace, the drag and drop, and just being able to fill in your stuff, mm-hmm. and it makes it pretty for you. Yeah. And then on top of that, they already have codes so that you can put it on your website. Oh. So you can use their page, yeah. or they have like pop out boxes that you can just put your code on the website, and it'll pop up with the donor box. And Easy. it's all connected. It, get, it gives, uh-huh. takes the donor exactly. right there. Yeah, and it's connected to Stripe or PayPal. So mm-hmm. it was just, that's it was what, kind of like all these things in one that worked well. That's what I was going to say. If you have a platform that makes things seamless and not hard yep. and gets people where they need to be, yeah. I mean, you're you're winning the battle. Exactly. You really are. And with DonorBox, like, I even got more excited because they have peer-to-peer fundraising. Yeah. They, If you want to add on and pay for some of the services, they have text to give. They have... Um, events. Simple. They have different things, which events brings us to the next thing yes. that I'm loving. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so this is a favorite? Yeah. Okay. Events. Um, Special events. events. Special events. So um, a lot of nonprofits, um, don't understand the importance of special events yeah. or they think that they have to be really bougie and expensive to be effective. I definitely think that's a myth. It is. Yeah. Um, and so right now, like I'm currently planning an event for um, a performing arts ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we've probably put no, no more than maybe $200 into the event and getting items for silent auction and raffle. So easy. I mean, like, we, who says that though? Yeah. Because getting auction items is like the hardest part of a donor even. You would think so, but I think it's really about connections. Mm-hmm. So rather than thinking that getting auction items is going to be difficult, mm-hmm. just start thinking through who your connections are yeah. and figuring out who you know and who's willing to help. Um, so for example, mm-hmm. um, you know that I have connections in the escape room industry. Yes. Uh-huh. And so I have a lot of friends that own escape rooms. And so I went to them and asked for tickets so because I know that they, they do that frequently. They yeah. give tickets to nonprofits mm. for fundraising events. So I went to them. And, of course, we got a four-pack of tickets for an escape room. And it was it was as simple as sending a Facebook message to a friend. Yeah. Right? Um, and so I think it's those things that you don't quite usually think of. Mm. But people are more often than not willing to help, especially friends. And this affair that you're planning, it's not big and overblown. No. It's not in a big hotel ballroom. No. no. Like you were saying. It's in a small studio. Bougie. Yeah. Um, what we see on TV. Exactly. It, but it's in the studio. It's yeah. It's on site. And the students are performing. Yeah. The, so the nonprofit, the the nonprofit is performing arts. So the students, um, they're going to be singing songs from upcoming musicals. Mm-hmm. We're raising money um, to cover licensing fees for future productions. So okay. it makes sense to have the students perform, and um, we're we're going to do some very light food, mm-hmm. um, just because it's not a super late evening, mm-hmm. um, and. It's, I mean, like I said, about 200 bucks that we're putting into it. You want to get people in and get get them on out. Yeah. You know, serve them something nice. Yeah. And then then go. And and we're, um, really, I think we'll probably have no more than 40 people come. Mm -hmm. Intimate. 
It's intimate. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really what we were going for to begin with right. is intimacy builds connection. It does. And it builds relationships. And specifically for this nonprofit, we're trying to build a donor base in general. Yeah. And building a donor base can't happen at large scale functions because mm-hmm. it's a lot harder to build connection. Mm-hmm. And so we're starting small mm-hmm. to build bigger. Wow. I think that's a great idea. And now <clears throat> that we're out of COVID, I mean, yes. you know, yes, in person is good. Yep. It's different. It's something uh, that people can really take something from. Right. So love the idea of special events. And then tell us about or plug Giving Tuesday. <laughs> um, okay, so there. it's not just Giving Tuesday. Even in Texas, we have something called North Texas Giving Day. Mm-hmm. But um, any kind of giving day that is large or community-wide or um, oriented on a larger scale. Giving Tuesday is one of those, and it's coming up. And so that's why it was on my list. Yes. Because, one, I think there are a lot of nonprofits that, in their mind, they just don't do it because they don't think they're going to get any donations. Mm-hmm. Um, and Performing Arts Ministry. The first year that I did Giving Tuesday for yeah. them, I helped them. We ended up bringing in close to $5,000 uh, just the first year. And for a Performing Arts Ministry, that actually was quite a bit of money. Yeah. Um, and it, it, awesome. it wasn't millions, and it definitely wasn't on this large scale of what you see for things like the Red Cross. Yeah. But for them, it was actually quite a bit. Yeah. And so, um, yes, you can bring in money for Giving Tuesday. You just have to have a plan of action. Plan of action. Yep. And make this an annual thing. Like exactly. Make sure that it's built into your promotional calendar Strategy. schedule. Um, yes. Those dates. Because there's some familiarity around givers yes. or donors um, on Giving Tuesday. Yeah, and, so, and a big part of why Giving Tuesday is effective, mm-hmm. and I think you know this too, but so our audience can, I don't know, capture some of this knowledge, is because it's end of year, and yeah. people are looking for, they're, they're doing their calculations on taxes, mm-hmm. and they're trying to figure out how much more do I need to donate to get tax exemptions. Um, and so it's sense. end of year, it's end of year giving. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, all right, and then we're going to wrap it up with... Um, uh, what would you say? Legit ways. <laughs> ways to become legitimate nonprofit? Yes. Making your nonprofit legit. There it is. Um, and workable. And mm-hmm. to get some of these free things yes. or these programs that you've mentioned throughout yeah. the podcast. So, okay. Tell, t- tell the people. Tell the people. <laughs> um, okay. So, as a nonprofit, um, one, you have to be registered with Hmm. the government. Um, So um, there are a lot of churches that um, just receive nonprofit status because they're a religious organization. Mm -hmm. But in order to get the Google grant, you have to be registered with the the government as an actual nonprofit um, with the IRS. And so you have to have what's called a determination letter from the the IRS IRS that gives your EIN number and the name of the nonprofit and says, we officially recognize you as. Um, so that's the first thing that you have to have. Okay. Um, IRS needs to say yay. (laughs) Yeah. IRS has to be on board. Um, the next thing is, um, in my opinion, um, for, I don't know, the two cents, um, is a guide star profile. Okay. Guide star and then charity navigator. Those two websites basically, list all of your nonprofits mm. and they create credibility for you as a nonprofit. GuideStar is the big one because it's automatically collect- connected to the IRS database. Okay. 
So if you are registered with the IRS as you a nonprofit, you will have a guide star. You have a guide star profile, profile, and you have to claim it. Okay. Um, so basically, what that looks like is is creating an account, finding your nonprofit, providing proof that it is yours, mm-hmm. um, and then building that out. The importance of that is the more transparent you are as a nonprofit, mm-hmm. um, one, the more authenticity there is to your brand. Um, It helps people um, not just relate to you, but trust you with their money. People want to know who they're giving to and why. And building not just a donor base, but people that are passionate about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Because let's be honest, donations can happen in multiple forms. It can Mm -hmm. be volunteer hours. Mm -hmm. It can be prayer. It can be money, right? And Mm -hmm. it can be... That's a good point. It can also be um, of something that you have, right? So it could be... Maybe it's Glint donating this space to an event, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's not money and it's not... But it's support. But it's support. Mm-hmm. So building p- um, a group of people around your organization that's passionate about what you're doing yeah. means that you have support to keep moving forward. In order to do that, you need to be authentic and you have to um, you have to display that authenticity. Yes. And, and part guide, of that's being transparent. GuideStar, Charity Navigation. Yeah, exactly. What... Mm. Oh, oh, when we talked, y'all, we talked before to get our thoughts <laughs> together. Uh, but you listed a fourth thing website? Website and branding. Yeah. So um, being a nonprofit is really great, but if, if there's not a place for people to go to donate or learn about you or figure out who you are, um, it's not going to really go super well. And so just on that list of things that create, that set you apart as a legitimate nonprofit website mm-hmm. a website and a well-branded organization mm-hmm. um and that goes back to the importance of a marketing team and having people in place that can help you build that mm-hmm. and i i know for nonprofits that's hard because it's expensive yeah yeah but, but I, if if more agencies <clears throat> get in line with kind of aligning a little bit better yeah. um i think the nonprofit will benefit because it's just yes. professional good work and yeah. it is um a great representation of what you're doing like yes. your logo your colors all of those types of things and yeah. then when you transfer that into a website i mean bam yeah. exactly <laughs> you know people yeah. like to see that they do absolutely yeah, definitely okay well i hope that you were taking in everything that was said it was a lot Lindsay <laughs> just spewed some gold especially for nonprofits or mm-hmm. anybody thinking of creating they're starting their own nonprofit, and you know what? There, there was helpful. There were helpful things for for profit yeah, businesses. Yeah, there were bits and pieces there too. Yeah, because I'm sure that there are some that do not allocate time right to marketing and promotion. So, anyway, catch us on all of the social media channels: YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, um, and tune in next time for another episode of the Glint Standard. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Glint Standard, featuring Glint advertising in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Don't forget to submit your questions on our channels or email us at agency at theglintstandard.com.